Hope Talk, a PCM podcast. So we are hanging out today with Jeff, uh, who is a very dear friend to me. Uh, Jeff was actually one of my professors when I was studying uh, worship arts at Bryan College up in Dayton. Uh, Brett's in the room as well. And the reason that Jeff is with us is because when we kind of brought up this conversation, I was like, this is the person uh, that we need to talk to about this. Uh, specifically, we were reading an article kind of talking about worship music and uh, even talking about the difference between worship and, and praise. And I know based off of a lot of conversations that we've had, Jeff, um, well, first of all, I'll let you tell a little bit about uh, your position and, and kind of exactly what you do as, uh, are you considered a worship pastor? Yes. Yeah. Currently, I'm a worship pastor at Grace Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, we're, we're a church that has uh, some campuses in different parts of our uh, South Carolina upstate. And so I'm at one of those campuses as a worship pastor and leading worship each week. And then also um, kind of work with our central area of worship for our church that provides resources and trainings for all the different worship leaders and volunteers and, and our campuses and stuff. So, awesome. so I get to be at, at the heart of a lot of the things that are, are going on in our church. I'm grateful for it. That, that's awesome. And I know you do a lot of uh, working with other people and, and training in a sense. And what would you consider a good, this might be like the hardest question of the whole time, but what would you consider a good definition of worship? How would you describe that to people that you're training? Yeah, um, I think I would say that one of the best ways to kind of start getting a handle on the idea of worship is to kind of look at uh, worship is something that speaks to what we value, what we prize, what we um, consider to be of utmost significance and importance. Uh, so when we're talking about um, worshiping God, we are expressing that He is superior above all things, that He is greater than anything created. Um, and often, you know, Scripture will highlight the distinction between creator and creation and between the one true God and idols um, that do not hold the same value and weight um, that God does. So I think that's a really good starting point to think about the word of worship. Yeah. Um, one of the guys that uh, I've appreciated um, reading from is a guy named Daniel Block, a uh, professor at uh, Southern Baptist uh, Theological Seminary and then uh, later at Wheaton. Um, and he wrote in his book on For the Glory of God about the idea of worship having kind of three major um, categories as far as Hebrew and Greek words that were used to describe worship. Um, one of those is fear, um, in the fear of the Lord, uh, the idea of deep reverence and not treating him casually. A second word um, kind of was around the idea of bowing before God. So it was speaking to submission and seeing him as superior and yourself as inferior. And then a third kind of group of words um, talk about service. Um, yeah. That kind of acting out the things that um, that honor and show reverence for the Lord. So, well, Jeff, how did then we get to the point where uh, we created almost a fourth meaning, and worship has become this idea of uh, time at church where we gather together and sing songs? It seems like it's transformed into uh, a service, like a church service, rather than yeah. anything else. Sure, that's a great question. Um, Man, I could probably go way too long talking about all the history behind that, so I'll try to keep it super um, brief and that, and that sort of thing. But um, I think that, you know, obviously 
God's people have gathered together over centuries to express worship together. Um, and you see that in the Old Testament with God's people around the temple. You see that in the church. Um, and then I think even in some of the things that have been most influential in how we um, do church today, you can trace it back to some of the movements from the Great Awakenings in the U.S. Um, and some of the things that have happened up through the 1900s that really prize and emphasize um, what happens in a worship service as being a huge marker for the health and spiritual vibrance of a person. I would say that um, it was probably about 50 years ago that some influential voices in, uh, in church worship began to um, think of uh, praise and worship as two different categories that happen within the worship service and saw a movement from the beginning of a service that was more praise-oriented um, that was more about singing about God's character and singing, you know, uh, about who he was and singing about, you know, the idea of all of us singing together, like, Hey, come let us sing. Um, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, we're going to still here. Okay. Sorry. Um, moving from that to singing songs that were more intimate in expression, that were singing to the Lord and singing things like, you know, I love you, Jesus, um, that sort of thing. Um, and that kind of approach to worship really began to, to catch on in a lot of churches, and it was um, powerful. It had a lot of, um, it had an emotional arc that I think people really connected with, and I think that's what gave rise to the phrase praise and worship, um, as it became, you know, became more and more a pattern in more churches. Um, so praise would be the beginning of a service that was more celebratory, and then worship would be the softer, more, you know, contemplative um, part of the service that felt more personal and more intimate. Um, and so I, I think just that pattern really caught on and took hold. And there's, you know, some, uh, you know, theology behind it. And there's some ways of interpreting some of the Psalms that kind of leads to that, seeing that as a pattern. But I do think, again, that limiting praise to just a set of songs and limiting the idea of worship to just another set of songs does minimize in a way that's not helpful. Right. Um, that takes us away from that idea of worship as all of life. Yeah. It's important to have both of those and it's important to consider those worship, but you can't stop there. Yeah, that's right. And I think what you might be alluding to is some of the downside of that is when we get too focused on worship strictly within the worship service, there can be a really dangerous disconnect that we're not thinking about how does our worship um, impact all aspects and all arenas of life. Uh, and we start to miss some of that. Romans 12, 1, you know, offering your body as a living sacrifice, as a, you know, a spiritual act of worship. You, you start to lose that Colossians three seventeen that whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, uh, those kind of thoughts and ideas start to recede a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, I think uh, the problem of not living out worship is slightly from the fact that, I mean, even not just church service, like you said, Brett, but people have let worship just become the singing part of the service. And so now, again, I've studied, you know, worship arts and all that stuff. So for me, it's probably a, a pet peeve of mine, but I can't stand when it's like, all right, worship's over. We're going to hear from the word of God now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's. Worship is much beyond that, but let's just take it for a second outside of the the worship service or the being in church. And you know, how 
do you see worship being lived out well in a regular everyday life? Yeah, I think that it is um, looking at every context you step into and thinking about it from the perspective of how do I honor the Lord in this moment? Um, How do I express faithfulness to Him? How do I um, prize Him as greater than anything else, any other value in my life? And so I think we're kind of, you know, rubber meets the road for a lot of us. It's that in our North American, U.S., you know, mainstream culture climate, there is such a pull toward um, keeping ourselves comfortable. You know, we work hard so that we have the resources, the money, the finances to spend it on our hobbies and our pleasures and our comforts and our conveniences. Everything is instant gratification, fast food, Amazon, two-day prime shipping, you know. (laughs) Everything is so built toward our comfort that we live in a very difficult culture to um, challenge ourselves with what the call of discipleship is. Uh, When Jesus says to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, he's calling us to live a life of sacrifice and obedience to God. Um, And so how do I sacrifice in my marriage and show that um, I honor the Lord by loving my wife and her needs above my, my own desires? You know, how do I do that as a father to my kids? How do I do that as an employee where I work heartily is unto the Lord. Um, so in every context, I think that there's ways that we can, um, you know, kind of, uh, amplify our love for the Lord in how we, um, approach those things and do them for him and through his strength. Hey, with, so Jeff, with, the uh, um, the, the, the common way that we do think about worship in our culture being, you know, uh, the, the praise component, component of like a of a church service um you know i've always had a huge deal i guess you could say with uh the performance aspect of um uh, musical worship or music praise um and it's really turned me off to that aspect of it and i think um I think that just extends in general to everyday life as well. I think um, performance-based worship in all aspects is probably mm-hmm. something that just kind of gets underneath my skin. Um, sure. What are ways that, whether it's in a you know music setting within the church walls or uh, within our everyday life, uh, it seems like our tendency is to turn worship into a performance a lot of times. How can we keep uh, keep away from that tendency? Yeah. That's a that's such a good question. Um, and for me personally, just being you know honest and transparent, that has been a lifelong tension. Uh, you know, for me growing up in the church and then also um, in leading worship, because it is something that um, in order to lead people effectively, uh, it's set up in such a way that I'm standing in front of people right. and you know doing musical things that people's ears can really hear the difference of when it's done well and when it's not done well, you know? Um, so you, you feel the weight of some of that performance, um, side of things. And there's a reality to it that, um, that part of your faithfulness and leadership is being attentive to that craft, you know? Um, at the same time, it does bring a lot of, uh, challenges, uh, where it's very easy to drift to a place where you're, mindset is on evaluating worship based on how good the performance was. And uh, that's such a a danger um, and so destructive to the soul, you know. 
Um, so for me, it's a lot of um, just um, teaching, you know, preaching the gospel to myself again and again and again that it is not performance that matters um, in terms of what the Lord is looking for in my worship. It is um, a purity of heart. It is, uh, I, I try to really approach leading worship with the mindset of the people that God has brought together um, to worship Him in that, that room for that worship service, that those are the people that God is calling me to serve. And uh, so I try to take the attention off myself um, in that moment and put it on the Lord, the truths that we're singing about Him, the things we're singing to Him, and put it on His people and how I can uh, serve them and lead them for their benefit and their growth, you know. I know from uh, the perspective that you and I have, you know, we have kind of standing up in front of everybody and we have that performance aspect, but also the, uh, the, you know, truly worshiping ourselves. I always pray, you know, every Sunday that my uh, leading is just kind of an overflow of my worship. And, but yeah. from someone else who, uh, you know, for, for me, I've even been there before standing in a different worship service uh, or, you know, stand there while someone else is leading. Uh, first of all, I struggle because I'm such a cynic and, uh, you know, I've seen the picture before of the football player standing in the bleachers watching, you know, in his full uniform, just dying to go out on the field. And that's how I f- yeah. feel sometimes when uh, I am watching other people lead in music. But yeah. I mean, what do you do when you're in that moment where someone else is leading and they're doing a great job of providing opportunities uh, to worship through music and you just don't feel like it? Like, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I think at that moment, it is a matter of kind of going back to worship as um, fear of the Lord, submission, service, and obedience. You know, it's getting back to some of those biblical concepts that say, in this moment, God, you're more important than how I feel about the execution of what's happening in this room or how good the mix is or, you know, whether everybody in the band hit the chord right or whether I, you know, would have... Uh, chosen this song, you know, to be the one that we're singing. I just try to, you know, seize the moment um, and say, how can I express my my love and adoration to you in this moment? Do I do this perfectly? No, right. no, I, I I wrestle with those tensions too. But those are the things that I strive for, you know. Yeah, I was actually uh, I was reading a book last night, and it was talking about worship as a, a sacrifice, which I think sometimes is just what it has to be, and that's sacrificing our own selves and our own feelings for the sake of, you know, truly just laying it all down at Jesus's feet and letting him take those things up so that, uh, we can stand before him just as we are and not to, not to make the cheesy reference to the, to the old song, but, but truly. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, I, I really love, uh, the truth in worship being more than just the music component. And again, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of music. Um, I got my yeah. parents to blame for that. Uh, you know, just uh, <laughs> uh, I like all kinds of different music. I'm just not a huge fan of most of the the, the praise music out there. But I've had I've had some straight up, you know, God, you know, just knocking my head off spiritual moments when it comes to uh, being a part of music and and being a part of that praise aspect and everything. I guess mm-hmm. um, I guess. My, my question in all this would be, you know, praise as far as music uh, expression and everything like that is a component of worship. Um, That's right. But uh, do you think praise through music is an essential component of a Christian walk? 
Yeah, I, I think that Scripture, you know, repeatedly calls on us to um, to praise the Lord for sure, even to sing praises to Him. And there's, you know, a call in several psalms that says, you know, sing to the Lord a new song, um, sing to the Lord's play skillfully, it says in Psalm 33. So there's a lot of, of calls on God's people to um, seize the opportunity provided in a corporate gathering to uh, express our praise to Him in in song um, so i think it's it's a great gift that god's given us you know it's something that's unifying as we um sing the words out together it, there's something that unites us in that uh there's something special in that um because it is connected through music there's um you know just a a way that that is uh, amplified and um, it connects to our hearts on a value level and an emotional level um, so I, I think that praise should be a part of the a believer's walk. Um, I think it should be something that is a part of our lives personally and privately, you know, in a devotional walk, as well as something that we express corporately. I love how taking the idea of worship outside of just music, though, it really does open up a lot of uh, doors to use our gifts in a lot of different ways. So, you know, there are some people that just don't have the gift of singing and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't in any way yeah. uh that that doesn't mean that they you know shouldn't sing when it comes time to stand up and and praise in that way but i mean yeah. there are also other gifts uh that are just as important to use in worship uh, talk about some of those things you know like the importance of of prayer and worship and different opportunities uh to i guess use those gifts and those disciplines to worship yeah well, within the context of a worship service, I would say that singing is an expression of worship, that prayer is an expression of worship, that even um, teaching, preaching, and listening to God's Word is an expression of worship. Because again, it, it reinforces that point that we are submitting our lives to God by hearing His Word. And then even going beyond the context of a worship service, you have the ways that God has gifted uh, members of the body with spiritual gifts where they can serve one another, um, pray for one another, care for one another, carry each other's burdens. Um, there's so much uh, about worship that extends beyond um, just the hour, hour and a half, two hours of a worship service. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast. 